and am so grateful, so grateful that we do not have to spend this show or this week talking about whether or not the Cowboys and Jerry Jones should fire Mike McCarthy because they lost in the wild card round. I do not root for teams, even my own, when it comes to the playoffs. I managed somehow, very weird, to stay emotionally uninvested because of work. Kind of sucky, right? Work work has taken so much of my fandom away from me. It's a fair trade, though. I get to do what I love. But I don't see the games the same anymore. I now look for storylines. I love the emotional storylines. You all know I'm a sucker for the family storylines and the first time in a long time or first time ever and the old dudes. And I just, I love the stories that tug at the heartstrings. And I'm a big fan of Mike McCarthy for a lot of reasons. It's been a long time for McCarthy and he was lambasted from the time he was fired by the Green Bay Packers, even after he got the Cowboys starting job or the Cowboys head coaching job uh, to the point at which people were ready to ax him even before they played this wild card game in Tampa. Well, he's wearing a gaudy chain tonight on the plane ride from Tampa to Dallas. I don't think he's getting fired anytime soon. I got to tell you, <laughs> good for you, Mike McCarthy, and good for us that I do not have to hear about how Mike McCarthy should be fired because they lost another road playoff game. No, au contraire. You Dallas Cowboys fans and contrarians both, for the first time in 30 years, 30 years, The Cowboys are finally winners of a playoff game away from home. By the way, I remember that game vaguely, vaguely. It was when I was a kid, and I was sort of into football. I did not know the rules at that point, but I had already discovered that I wanted to be a Denver Broncos fan for my life. It's a funny story. Someday I'll tell you if you've never heard it. I mean, I tell it every now and then. But uh, I had gotten in on the excitement and the thrill of football, but I really didn't know many of the rules. I had decided I was going to follow John Elway and the Broncos. My brother decided he wanted to be a Dallas Cowboys fan. And that was one of the great rivalries of the 90s was Cowboys and 49ers. Let's hope we can see that rekindled. Anyway, I vaguely remember that game, but I couldn't tell you from 92 to another year, uh, another 90s year, what happened, the details, that I couldn't tell you. But I do remember all of those games uh, that took place between the Cowboys and Niners and how much hype there was around them. Well, we are back there. My nieces tell me all the time, the 90s are back, baby. Let's get to the Cowboys and the Niners yet again. Of course, that's going to have to wait until next Sunday, the last game of Divisional Weekend. It is my favorite weekend of the NFL season, except for maybe the opening weekend of the regular season, although a lot of times that produces some pretty bad football. (laughs) It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I will not be asking you if, if, You believe Tom Brady will retire or not. That's just your opinion. It's like when you predict who will win the Super Bowl in August. You're just wildly guessing. I'm not going to ask you that. What I am going to ask you is whether you want to see Tom Brady return next season. 
It was kind of this epiphany, this moment of brilliance. You know me, I like to be different. I like to dance to the beat of a different piano player. And so for that reason, everyone and his brother and sister who work in our business will be asking the question, is Tom Brady coming back? Can I tell you a secret? No one knows because he doesn't know. If he doesn't know, how can anybody else be breaking the story? I have no knowledge of anything. Exactly. So when he does a preemptive strike and says goodbye to the media and to everyone in the room at the end of his press conference, take it for what it's worth. He may not be in that position again. Maybe he knows whether or not he'll play in Tampa again. He might know that if he returns, he wants to look at other options. Maybe he's decided he wants to move on. Maybe he thinks the grass is greener somewhere else. Or maybe he's just not sure if he should play again, period. But I don't think he's sitting on some dirty little secret that he's not letting anyone else know about yet. I feel as though Tom Brady is smart enough and probably last year taught him a lesson. Wisdom comes with your 40s. Just take my word for it. He probably knows that if he makes the decision right away, that it may not be the right one. That there's a lot of emotion that's associated with a decision like this one. Especially when you're talking about a frustrating season and a season that didn't yield the results that he wanted. So no, we're not asking you if Tom Brady will play next year or if he won't. What we're asking you is do you want to see Tom Brady return next season? Poll is already up on our Facebook page, on our Twitter account. So it's After Hours CBS on Twitter. Or you can find me, A Law Radio. Our phone number is 855 212 4227. Feel like there's a lot of people that will want to weigh in. The Cowboys looked good. Darn good. A 180 from where they were in week 18. Man, it feels like forever <laughs> since week 18 wrapped up. But yes. This was the Dallas Cowboys who were able to flex their muscles on both sides of the ball. Although they kind of set the bar really low on their first two drives. (laughs) Let's be fair. Both teams did that. Do you know this was the first time that Peyton and Eli were doing their alternate universe that I couldn't watch? I wanted to watch Dean Campbell so badly, but I couldn't pay attention And I realized, too, when you watch the Mannings, the Monday Night Mannings, the crowd noise is so muted. And I guess I never before really paid attention to it. But, yeah, I had to forsake the Mannings. I'll go back and catch Dan Campbell. I've seen some of the highlights. He is a hoot. I'm just rambling right now. I don't know what it means. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, there's a lot that I wasn't able to follow along with because there's there's so much riding on this game, not to mention it wrapped up wildcard weekend. So, we have a complete and total picture of what comes next. Just to reiterate, for the divisional round, it's a doubleheader Saturday and Sunday. The two top seeds will host on Saturday. Kansas City with Jacksonville in town. So, once again, Patrick Mahomes has never played 
a postseason game outside of Arrowhead Stadium other than the two Super Bowls. KC hosting Jacksonville, Philadelphia with a rematch of a rematch against the New York Giants. I heard Kurt Warner talking about that game on Westwood One. He has high hopes for the Giants. Although he did remind the audience that the Eagles pasted the Giants just five weeks ago when they were full strength. I don't think it's going to be the same way. You got to throw all of that out when you get to the postseason. Then, of course, on Sunday, if you are even a casual fan, you may not have watched another football game this entire season. This is the day to tune in. OMG. I cannot wait. There'll be no cooking. There'll be no nothing. The dog's just going to have to let herself out. In fact, for the first time in a long time, I may just let the dog go outside in the backyard and just hang out. Bring the dog out. No, I would never do that to her. But it's hopefully not like this past weekend where that first game between the Dolphins and the Bills stretched nearly four hours. So they pushed back the start of the second game in Minneapolis. So my dog walking schedule and my plans were all completely screwed up. Sunday, she better cooperate or that's it. She's out. She's out of the family. She'll be excommunicated. Well, for those of you who listen to me, you know that Penny runs the show, so that's not true. However, I like to talk a big game when it comes to the dog and me telling her what to do. (laughs) It never happens. (laughs) She does whatever she wants to do. In fact, today when I tried to comb her, she ran away from me. I I had to chase her. She's 13 and I had to chase her. Get back here. Anyway, Sunday's the day to circle on your calendar. The Bengals at the Bills. We finally get that game. And I think it'll be even better because of everything those two teams and two franchises have been through in the last couple weeks. And then the Cowboys and the the 49ers. Brett Maher, do you think he'll be better cross country? Potentially. Kickers are people too. It's also worth reminding you of that. So again, on Twitter, A-Law Radio, do you want to see Tom Brady return in 2023 producer Jay are you prepared to answer this question do you want to see Tom Brady return in 2023 go I absolutely do I want to see him go as long as he wants to go do you think he can still play at a high level I do I do I think he definitely showed a couple signs of regression this year but I don't think the Bucks poor offense was all on him I don't think he had a lot of time especially tonight so I think he could still give another season or two for a team who wants to make a run who has the pieces around him. You know, if he gets to 47, he's going to go for 50. That would be incredible. <laughs> Wouldn't that be incredible? Like, who doesn't want to see that? I don't know. Here's the here's the funny part about Tom Brady. And I agree, this was not a, a great season for him. There were flashes of brilliance, as there always are. One of those, the 30-yard touchdown strike All through the air. I mean, it was 30-plus yards with his drop back. All through the air to Julio Jones. Dropped that puppy in where only Julio could get it as he's racing up the sideline and into the end zone. He could still throw the football. Yeah, did he make a stupid decision and loft a ball to Jaron Curse in the back of the end zone? Something went wrong there. He saw something. He was under duress. I don't know. He screwed up. Lots of quarterbacks screw up. But does that mean Tom Brady can't play anymore? No. He can make every throw. And that's the part that I feel like is worth reiterating. This is not a Tom Brady who can't throw the football anymore. 
I mean, it's a Tom Brady who can't run, but since when has he ever been a Tom Brady who could run? And it requires an extra special offensive line. You put him behind some of the better offensive lines in the NFL, and Tom Brady's still picking apart defenses. Again, he did not look great tonight. When he had time to throw even, he was high generally. But if you're watching, a lot of times when his throws were off target, it's because he had a giant man in his face. A giant Dallas Cowboy bearing down on him. I actually think it's really impressive he only officially got sacked twice. And so I don't, and again, I'm not telling you Brady was perfect. He did misfire. He and his receivers, for whatever reason, were never quite in sync this year. It was on both of them. It was on Brady, but it's also on his receivers. How often did they drop passes this year? Was a major problem. I'll have to go research the final numbers now that they're done. But it certainly seemed like that was a huge problem. They didn't have much of a run game. Do you know Tom Brady tried 66 passes tonight? It's a career high. Brady's been playing since the turn of the century. Actually, that didn't work. I was thinking the turn of 1900. That Never mind. That joke. <laughs> Just scratch that from the record. <laughs> Duh. Yes, he's played in two centuries. Uh, it, he, he didn't have a run game. They didn't have a run game. And so because of that, there wasn't a whole lot of balance. Thus, he had more pass attempts this season than he's ever had before. At 45. Not making excuses for the guy. Because he would tell you that he had some bad decisions. He had some bad throws. And they had a lot of bad offense this season. And he's the quarterback, so ultimately it falls on him. However, there's a lot more to fix than Tom Brady. So maybe he's already made up his mind that he doesn't want to remain in Tampa, or maybe he has no clue. But what we're asking is if you want to see him play again next season. So the poll is already up. Producer Jay's already weighed in. I will tell you how I feel about it as we head through this edition of the show. Also coming up in 45 minutes, from the Bucks sidelines, we'll get the early eulogy on their 2022 season, now completely in the books with T.J. Reeves, our friend from the Buccaneers Radio Network. Of course, there's speculation about Tom Brady and the future of their roster, but I think that is just as important. The future of their roster. How much of it's going to turn, because they do turn over. They do have some elderly. (laughs) They do have some elderly pieces. I'm just so happy we're not talking about the future of Mike McCarthy. Oh, thank you, Lord. There is a God. Uh, By the way, Russell Gage, who was knocked down and could not get back up in the fourth quarter, he was injured. He stumbled on a route, was trying to make a catch, and then just kind of virtue was a bang-bang play. He took a hard shot from Donovan Wilson. And so there's a lot of fear there. Initially, he slammed his hand down, so he wasn't knocked out. But I I think because of what we all saw with Tamar Hamlin two weeks ago, there's a little more of the anxiety on the field when a guy goes down. They did have to get a stretcher. They did have to take him off the field to the hospital. 
He has a concussion. That's the preliminary result, the preliminary diagnosis. According to Todd Bowles, they're testing him for potential neck injuries as well. He did have movement in his extremities. So fingers, toes. Well, fingers at least. Couldn't see his toes on the field. That's good news. I I feel like you could see that extra anxiety and worry with the players when they were all down when Russell Gage was being attended to by the training staff and the medical staff. All right, we got a lot to do. We're going to dive into the game. This is not all about Tom Brady. That is a headline, though, so please spare me the, why is it all about the Tom Brady and other Cowboys? I mean, come on. He's the greatest quarterback, the most decorated quarterback, the most accomplished quarterback ever to play the game. So there should be speculation. I get it's a conversation. But we don't want to know what you think he will do. I want to know what you want him to do. Straight ahead, the Dallas Cowboys end their eight-game road losing streak in the playoffs. And boy, Dak, Dallas, the offense, dominant, dazzling, delicious, (laughs) delectable. I I don't. No, if I can come up with any more D up. Dynamic. Did I say that already? Oh, I think I might have. Oh, I didn't say. Oh, I didn't. That's a good one. The D words for Dallas. This is going to be fun. Wildcard weekend's in the books. It's going too fast. Do you know we only have seven games left in the entire season? We have more games in the one o'clock Eastern time window, generally, than we have left in our entire season. Oi. Oh. Stabbed to the heart. Although then, I can kind of get my Sundays back. I'll miss you when you go away, NFL. Not that you ever go away. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. The Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Prescott in the gun, back to throw. Well protected, going to the end zone. Schultz at the goal line, and he's in for the touchdown. It's the Miller Lite first touchdown of the game, and the Cowboys have the game's first lead. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. It took a couple of drives, but on their third possession, the Cowboys locked into their offensive rhythm. Three plays that were over 15 yards, and boy, that was a precursor of their chunk plays to come. They had a 22-yard strike to Dalton Schultz for a touchdown and a missed point after attempt. But I kind of felt like... In fact, I was tweeting this with a hashtag, PAT optional. (laughs) Who needs a PAT when you're blowing out your opponent? Brad Sham with the call on the Cowboys radio network, and it was six to nothing. Uh, Honestly, early on, as much as there is attention on Dak Prescott and could he rebound from week 18 and Tom Brady, would this be his last game? The star power at Raymond James Stadium was, say, Tom Cruise. Maverick was in the house. Hulk Hogan, John Daly. John Daly. He's he's still around and still a celebrity, apparently. There were some celebs there in Tampa. 
But once the Cowboys found that rhythm, uh, the attention returned to the field. Now, the Bucks followed suit after that touchdown with an extended drive of their own and included five first downs into the red zone. Brady even imitated Patrick Mahomes. His alter ego, Tommy Mahomes, maybe. He tried a shovel pass, but it worked. I think it was to Chris Godwin. It was to Godwin or to Russell Gage uh, along the sideline. And he was able to duck and and take cover, duck and run for a first down. Uh, so they're staring at the end zone from the five-yard line. And this is where we normally see Tom Brady at his best. Out of the shotgun, Brady, play action, pumps, throws, a wobbler into the end zone, it's intercepted! Picked off in the back middle of the end zone by Jaron Curse. Brady with a duck into the end zone, and it wobbled right into the hands of Curse to turn the Buccaneers away. I know we give you lots of numbers, but these numbers are eye-popping. That was the first red zone interception for Tom Brady since 2019. Since he was with the Patriots. I don't mean just playoffs. I mean any red zone trip. Tom Brady does not turn the ball over. As bad as the Bucs have been this year in the red zone, he doesn't throw picks in the end zone. He doesn't do it. He knows better than to make those mistakes. But he lost this ball to the back of the end zone. I don't know what he was looking at. He did have... A large dude bearing down on him. He was facing pressure. So maybe that was the issue. He couldn't see the traffic. There was some talk on the broadcast that maybe he expected his receiver, I think it was Godwin, to keep going. And instead he stopped and went back the other direction. So maybe a miscommunication. But the first interception for Tom Brady in the red zone in 410 pass attempts. Oh, my God. That's nerd stuff. <laughs> that definitely is nerd stuff. Kevin Kugler with the call on Westwood One. So, Dallas is able to capitalize on the interception. And because of the eatsy-weetsy uh, amount of time that Tampa was able to move the ball and, and keep the ball away from Dak Prescott, there was actually another scoring drive before the end of that first half. So we got to see the best of what the Dallas Cowboys could do offensively, even on display in the first half. Pollard's come into the lineup. It's fourth and goal. They're going to pass up the three. What they're going to do is play action. Fourth and goal. Man in motion left to right. Inside a play action, bootleg of the left, Prescott all the way, runs it in for the touchdown, and he's fired up. Prescott on second and four at the Tampa 11 with a 12-0 lead as the first half is ticking toward an end. Empty gun, second down, snap back, well protected, now he escapes out to his left, good block, Tyler Smith, pumps, throws it in the end zone, caught, touchdown, Dalton Schultz for the second time tonight. One of the things that stood out to me about those two drives uh, before halftime is the the different ways that the Cowboys can beat you. That's a sign of a of a balanced offense, number one. Number two, generally a sign of a really strong offensive line or at least an O-line that's performing well because your, your uh, quarterback has time to let the play develop, doesn't always have to go to the check down, doesn't have to get rid of it right away. And that was the case with the Cowboys on those two drives. And then something else that jumped out at me, 
the 15 play eight and a half minute drive that ended with Dak on the bootleg. Uh, I think there was a defender within 15 yards of him, maybe 20. The entire Bucks defense was faked out. Um, that was on a fourth and one. And so the confidence there was evident. But yeah, it caps an eight and a half minute drive. The Cowboys don't generally play the ball control game. But then the second touchdown drive that that resulted in the Dalton Schultz catch, that was a 91 yard possession, 91 yards. When this team, once it settles in, and yes, the Bucks defense has something to do with it, but once they settle in, they look confident. Dak looks calm, completely in control, feeling himself, so to speak. And the the weapons that he's got available to him when he uses them all. It used to be that the Cowboys would use Zeke in any real critical situations, right? It felt like Ezekiel Elliott was their number one option. I'm not even sure he's the fourth best option anymore. I might actually put Tony Pollard ahead of him. I like what Tony Pollard has done this season. Seems to be a little more mobile, a little quicker, a little more versatile. Anyway, the, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott playing like this, it's like they're running downhill. But again, the, the way that he can spread out the football the, the different guys that he is comfortable with. Dalton Schultz, for sure, had nearly 100 yards. C.D. Lamb, who stepped into that number one wide receiver spot. Michael Gallup, who also caught a touchdown. Uh, Noah Brown, whose name I heard multiple times tonight. And then Tony Pollard and Zeke, not to mention that Dak can move himself. Five total touchdowns when it was all said and done. And his locker room, like C.D. Lamb, raving about the QB1. Dak showed that he's a warrior, he's a baller, and um, he came out slinging it off rip. And uh, I feel like it was a statement game for him. And on going forward, uh, we just got to keep continuing to put the pieces together, keep being us, and uh, let the rest take care of itself. So the only real negative <laughs> was Brett Maher. All's well that ends well. I love that people were asking Jerry Jones after the game if he would be searching for another kicker between now. Get me some oxygen. <laughs> And their game against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, ultimately, putting the game away was really about the four consecutive touchdown drives. So spanning first half into the third quarter, first time they touched the football. Uh, I mean, once again, Dalton Schultz, a deep threat for Dak. That's huge. And then a 26-yard catch for CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he had all kinds of options and so much space to operate, not just behind his O-line with a clean pocket, for the most part, but also downfield as the plays were developing and the receivers were working on their routes. Uh, So the Cowboys looked great. Now, can they do that against the San Francisco 49ers defense? I don't know. But for now, Mike McCarthy's dancing in the locker room with some kind of gaudy chain on. Like, oh, think Kirk Cousins and all the chains he was wearing earlier in the season. Sorry, it might be too soon. Yeah, I, I tell you, I mean, you, you got you got to just really feel great about the whole week and leading in there. I mean, the confidence you had in there, we did exactly what we had to do. And I love what J.K. said at the beginning. There ain't nothing else to say. Let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep doing it. All right, great job. We got a wonderful plane ride home, but, you know, when we touch down, we're on the 49ers. Okay? We're on the 49ers. So, great job. So proud of you. Outstanding. All right, let's enjoy this. Enjoy this plane ride. Let's celebrate one another. Love one another. Outstanding. Hey, let's go. Be great on three. One, two, three. Be great.
It's one of those moments where I rue the fact that we are not a visual medium because you can't see Mike McCarthy, but just envision Mike McCarthy dancing with a gaudy chain. And actually, we can ask producer Jay to share a video. Uh, There's a a couple of quick clips out there uh, of McCarthy in the locker room because he was attempting to dance uh, right before he launched into his speech. I just a huge fan of Mike McCarthy. I'm so happy for him. His first playoff win since 2016. And Marco Belletti's here in studio. Let's play a quick game of Would You Rather. Are you ready? Sure. Let's just say for the sake of argument that you are sitting in my chair for the week. Would you rather debate about Mike McCarthy getting fired after a wild card loss or debate Tom Brady's future? Because it was going to be one or the other. I, for one, (laughs) as much as I, the Tom Brady conversation, I feel like it's turning into a Brett Favre thing, right? Not so much the retirements, but the will here, won't he for for years on end. I would rather talk about that from now until, say, I don't know, March, than have to talk about whether or not Mike McCarthy's getting fired because the Cowboys lost in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I guess. I mean, honestly, either one of these is tiring and... You know, the good news for oh, you I would is, recommend you stay away from sports radio this weekend. Here is, here's the good news. You're going to have to talk about the Tom Brady retirement thing, whether they won this game or not, until about March, roughly, because we have no idea when he's going to actually make a decision. Mm-hmm. So, And last time, if the decision was truly made and he went back on it after whatever it was, 10 days, if that was all legit and real, that one he made quick and then came back. Too quick. quick, too quick. So my gut tells me, and it's a big one, that it's going to oh, be a little it. bit before Brady actually tells us anything. I think you're looking at at least until March before you hear anything from Brady. There's a lot of speculation out there about where he's a fit and where he might go, and mm-hmm. so we'll get to that coming up. There are some arguments that make sense for him leaving Tampa. There are some that don't. I will say this, though. Most of the people that you hear right now chattering about mm-hmm. Tom Brady, the guys who are connected and supposed to be in the know, think he's playing again. There there are very Mm -hmm. few people I've heard who believe he's retiring. Now, he could retire because it's Tom Brady and he can do whatever the heck he wants, but most people that you hear tend to lean toward him playing again. I would agree, and I've said that the whole time, and I thought he was coming back this year before that, all that stuff, you know, with the retirement. All that stuff. Retirement for 30 seconds. My gut says he comes back, but I'll say this, and it's not just off tonight. And I know he's looked better in the the, the the very end of the season. This was the first time I ever looked at Braden and was like, walk away. Something's not there. Something's not right. It's not just the offensive line. It's not just the receivers. It's not just the issues that they have in continuity. He misses passes all year long. He's missed a ton that are straight Tom Brady, including one tonight. That was a throwaway. It doesn't make any sense. If you're watching right before the half, they're at the 50-yard line. There's about six seconds left. The Cowboys are in straight, over-the-top, Hail Mary. We're going to nothing else. No timeouts for the Bucs. So what do the, the Bucs do? A smart play. Mike Evans lined up on the outside. Let's throw a quick out. It's going to take about three seconds. Let's see if we can get 10 yards. Maybe we either try a 55, 57-yard field goal or, or get a little closer to the Hail Mary. Tom Brady airmailed him with no one near he, him. He did by twenty yards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He definitely. When have did. we ever seen he that? He was off target. Well, I mean, I don't know, but that is was, every guy entitled to have a, a tough season now and then? I mean, yes. when was the last time? 
That's the thing is he set the bar so high that now when he screws up or has a crappy game or a crappy stretch, it's it's I hard get it, to fathom. But I feel like that's got something to do with being 45 years old. I'm going to let the interception in the end zone go, even though that was awful. That was terrible. There are throws that he just doesn't seem to be able to make anymore. Okay, maybe. I, I would agree with you that this was not a great year. Do I feel like he can't throw the ball? I don't know. Then you watch a 30-yard strike on the money to Julio Jones and a ball that went through the fingertips of Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he can't not throw the ball. But I definitely agree that this was not a great season and he was off. And maybe it's more mental than it is physical. We don't know. But chalk Marco up for no. He does not want to see Tom Brady play again next season. That's what we're asking you. And Right now, it's a dead heat. It's early in the voting, but the poll is up on Twitter after our CBS on our Facebook page, too. This is my twist. I don't care if you think he's going to play again. What I care about is if you want to see him play again in 2023. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Prescott stands, waits, throws, back left corner of the end zone. It's Gallup tiptoeing along the back corner of the end zone for the touchdown. Prescott floated it in beautifully. Fourth and four at the 18. I don't feel too great about this, but let's go. You think they're pulling him offside, maybe? (laughs) Maybe. Nope, they're going to run a play. Fourth and four, back to throw it out to the left, all alone. Caught at the two, and a walk-in touchdown for C.D. Lamb. How did you not cover the second team All-Pro? This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That seemed to be a challenge for the Buccaneers defense on this night to wrap up wildcard weekend. Cowboys definitely able to exploit the holes and the the issues, the breakdowns for the Bucs defense. The number of times that we saw Cowboys wide open, as in no defender within 10 yards, I was astounding. That should never happen, much less uh, enough times that I need two hands to count. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, Brad Sham, and Babe Loffenberg on Cowboys Radio. Did you know Dak Prescott now owns the highest passer rating in a playoff game in Cowboys history with at least 20 attempts? So we're not talking about a wide receiver who throws one pass and goes one for one uh, or someone who comes in and mop up duty. No, we're talking about an actual legit starting quarterback who's out there In the war for the entire time, highest passer rating in a playoff game in Cowboys history, 143.3, five total touchdowns, 329 yards, and only a week removed from what was a disastrous, messy, ugly week 18. Just knowing uh, what what this group's capable of doing, um, not getting... Uh, frustrated within, um, and and I can't say that I didn't do that last week. Uh, that was a little bit of frustration, but this week, uh, knowing that uh, I couldn't allow that to get in my head, I couldn't allow uh, me to change the way that I played this game. I obviously credit the defense for, as I said, getting us the ball right back after those two possessions, um, and just <clears throat> told the offense in the, in the huddle, hey, we get one first down, and this thing's going to roll, and that's exactly what happened. So, uh, yeah, we just got to continue to do that. As good as I've seen, that's, that's for sure. Um, you know, I think just like anything, he's so consistent in everything he does, and you know, like I said, we had we had a couple plays there early, but I mean, he, he was he was on it the, the rest of the the rest of the evening. I you know I 
I thought it was, you know, Kellen and, you know, the play calling. We, we just really stayed true to what we wanted to do in here. And, and like I said, I, I thought he played extremely well and, you know, stayed aggressive and, you know, took the check downs. Uh, I thought he had great command of the, of the offense and excellent presence in the pocket. It was a twofold victory. It took three drives before the Cowboys found their rhythm on offense, but the defense was on it from the start. And Mike McCarthy knows that. Of course, Dan Quinn, he is one of the top coaching candidates for a second consecutive cycle. Will he leave? Jerry Jones made it worth his while to stick around. Of course, they're not done now, so he's engaged. But yeah, holding the defense, or holding, excuse me, holding the Buccaneers to a measly number of rushing yards and really not allowing ever, except for the one drive late. Yeah, the one drive late. Plus, the I guess, you know what? The, the second drive that the Buccaneers had, I guess the drive after the Cowboys touchdown, they were in a nice rhythm. But to be able to snuff that out with an interception in the end zone was huge. And then not really allowing the Buccaneers to settle in again until the game was all but done. That is a credit to this Cowboys defense that, once again, led the NFL in takeaways this year. They challenged us in the box, and we were still able to stay committed to the run game and grind it out. And defensively, I, I just thought we, you know, we were all over them as soon as we got off the bus. I mean, I, I just thought our defense set the really set the tempo for the game um, for a couple three and outs there to start the game, and um, just did a great job. Nobody believed in us, but we believe. That's Nobody. all that matters. One and zero. We got three more. Three more to go. Let's get it done. <laughs> How many more to go? Wait, how many games do we have to play to be able to get to the Super Bowl? <laughs> that's Micah Parsons on Instagram Six and Live. Six okay. You know, I prefer eight and zero. You know, <laughs> that's just that's just me. You know, that's I don't just know. Me. <laughs> I don't know what anybody else feels. Uh, but the whole thing about nobody believed in us. Come on, you know the Dallas Cowboys are one of those lightning rod teams, similar to the New York Yankees or say Duke basketball, at least under Mike Shashevsky. Uh, there are teams out there that, regardless. Uh, of how they play or what they do. If you're a Cowboys lover, well, then you're all in, right? But if you're not, I've already gotten tweets about stop drinking the Cowboys Kool-Aid. You know what? I gave you the same type of reaction to Brock Purdy, the same type of reaction to let's go with Trevor Lawrence's second half the other night. I mean, this is what I do. (laughs) I tell you when things are awesome, and I tell you when they suck. But it's only the Cowboys who, for some reason, from their haters, from their doubters, I think it's more jealousy than anything. They they tend to act like it's something personal when it's not. And honestly, I feel like if you're not giving Dak Prescott the credit for what he did tonight, then you're just, you're. it's because you don't want to. It's because you're being stubborn and you don't want to. He deserves all of the accolades. His performance was the best of any quarterback this weekend. Start to finish, five total touchdowns, a 143.3 passer rating on the road. Ending what was an eight-game road-losing streak in the postseason for the Cowboys that stretches back 30 years. So you definitely will hear that. Now, Tom Brady, that's a different story. I'm just, I'd rather talk about Tom Brady's future than to talk about whether or not Mike McCarthy gets fired after 
This playoff loss. I kept thinking about it. It's so it's so bad, right? But this is the mind of this radio host anyway. I can't speak for anybody else. But there are some topics that make me want to poke a fork in my eye. Oh, my gosh. Deflate Gate was one of those. And so when I was hearing the report about how Brett Maher was first checking the bag of footballs... <laughs> I thought, no, no, we're not doing this again. I wasn't even aware that footballs could be inflated or <laughs> deflated. <laughs> so so the fact that it's against the, uh, well, not the Patriots, I'm sorry, Tom Brady and his new team, I was thinking, no, no, I don't care. I, I'm qu- I'll call in sick before I'm talking about footballs being inflated or deflated again. Um, and I, I don't necessarily want to talk about Brady's future because it's really right now like a dog chasing his tail. We don't know the answer. But I'm really happy for Mike McCarthy and glad the Cowboys moved on because I don't want to talk about him getting fired after this game. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio.